over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. 10 o'clock hour, open home hour, one 767 4348 That's one 888 rosie 4 Text questions, 411-923, or email info at rosieonthehouse.com. We'll help you get anything you're trying to get done around your home, castle, or cabin done this weekend on a beautiful Arizona weekend after the hottest, longest, driest summer on record. We also tied for the coldest temperature on January 25th, and then a week later, it was back up to the 80s where they have a picture of (laughs) a person sitting sunbathing at Tempe Town Lake, and then this poor sucker, Pittsfield, Connecticut, Cleaning snow off his driveway just to get out of the house. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can have both in Arizona. That's what's so great about Arizona. That's why we're one of the fastest growing states in the union. We, I, I, I pay tribute to my dad every day when he told us we were moving from the bayous of South Louisiana to Arizona. I thought he was nuts. <laughs> that was way back in 1965, man. I got here and I thought, this is the most God-forbidden, forsaken piece of earth I've ever seen in my life. But then I got a, first. The first thing I remember liking about Arizona, hey, there's no Skeeters here. <laughs> and that and from then on baby i learned to love everything about arizona we're here at rosie on the house for you the arizona homeowners charles who's on hold we'll go to in just a minute uh so jennifer and i always try to practice whatever trend is coming up in the future so we can share firsthand experience stories about it Her interior trend about a month ago was she wanted a new dresser drawer in the guest bedroom. You know how often I'm in the guest bedroom? About every time it needs to be repainted, about every 15 years. (laughs) So I decided this is a perfect thing I can stay completely out of. I'll let sweet Jennifer make her own little shopping trips and her own little Pinterest file and build up a assortment of collections and let her make her choice. So I wanted this dresser and there were some parameters. You did have a few parameters like don't use any of the super duper websites. Find somebody that's, you know, USA local. And it is hard to tell when when you're on the internet where things are made. Nothing from China. Nothing from China. So Nothing I found this from China. I found this beautiful little website called uh, Grainwood Furniture out of Virginia. And so uh, I did mention to you that because we weren't, if you lived there, you could pay 90 bucks to have it put together. But having it shipped from there, we were going to have to put it together. We. And you yes, said, we and, you, and you said, surely any, that can't be too hard. Any knucklehead can any do knucklehead could do Any that. knucklehead can put together kit furniture. So Romy, that has now been in the garage two and a half nights. And it is not yet finished. <laughs> to, to, well, listen, here's the instruction. Now, listen, there's I a couple Ikea things. I was tough. Well, listen, Gary, I want you to respect this. All right. Jennifer paid $500 for this six-drawer dresser that's five feet long, 32 inches high, 18 inches deep. Solid 
wood. There's no, there's no MDF board. No, solid wood, cut, lumbered, milled, finished, shipped from Brazil to my house in Scottsdale for $500. You know, I can't send two of my carpenters to a house in Scottsdale and, and, and hang a door for $500. But they milled the lumber. It's solid lumber. Milled it, cut it, machined it, finished it, prepackaged it, shipped it from Brazil to my house. Shipping was a part of free shipping. For five hundred dollars from Brazil to here, so that was all included in the five. Everything. Wow. Okay, that's a deal. But you know, it comes from outside America from the instructions. It's written in English, but there's pictures across the bottom of the front page. First picture I didn't see. It's a picture of two people. <laughs> okay, I just kind of went by that one. <laughs> then it was a picture of a hammer. Okay, got that. Nope, I got I got eight hammers in that one drawer. I, I know I got the right hammer for the job. And then they show a manual screwdriver. Okay, I got plenty of those. No problem there. Flat or Phillips? Well, it, you're going to need both, Okay, Gary. Okay. And then you go to page two where it gives you a list of the hardware. To assemble this six-drawer dresser drawer, Requires 288 screws. <laughs> so How if, big is if this? these instructions, it's five foot wide, six drawers, three, 32 inches high, 288 different screws. You know, if these instructions were from America, that would be a cordless screwdriver on the picture. <laughs> not, not a manual screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> now, did the screws and the uh, uh, other fasteners come with it? Yep, or? yep. Okay. All pre-assorted, pre-labeled. I mean, it's really very, very simple. And About 10 o'clock Tuesday night, after I told Jennifer, any knucklehead can put that stuff together. About 10 o'clock Tuesday night, I was calling every knucklehead I knew. <laughs> and when, Wednesday morning, one of those knuckleheads said, Rosie, I saw you calling me at 10 o'clock, and the last time I answered a call from you at 10 o'clock, you were stuck axle deep, 140 miles from home, and you needed somebody to come unstick you. He said, I just wished you well, and I went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you oh. went. I'm, I'm missing something here because you went to Virginia. Well, the the, the company itself is uh -huh. Virginia, but they source their product to Brazil. And I just want to say, if you look at the website, it, there's no formaldehyde. They're sustainable. They're fair wage. Really a nice little company. But um, we just want to make sure we didn't buy anything from China. But anyway, yes. so I guess they don't have cordless screwdrivers in Brazil. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, you you put in 288 screws with a hand screwdriver, man, man, a screwdriver. My arthritis in my elbow would really be flared up. And then when you're done with it, you have, wait a minute, I have one screw left. Where did this Yeah, go? right, right, exactly. <laughs> I've been surprised. It's an incredibly nice unit for what we paid. It really is. All right, let, you want to get to a call before we get to the break? Good morning, Charles. Good morning, Rosie. Long time, very long time listener and first time caller. Thank you for taking my call. Thanks for joining us. 
So I had a uh, give you a quick little rundown on my house. I'm um, over here by ASU West. Uh, house was built in '82, about okay. 1,400 square feet. Okay. Um, and um, it's a block stucco. Uh, it's an east-west facing house. The stucco is on the east east side towards the street. It's all block on the back. Um, I have a um, uh, train XL14C. Um, HVAC we put on about five years ago, all dual pane windows, uh, house is totally remodeled. Um, after this last brutal summer that we had, um, <laughs> I had a, a lot of problems keeping my house cool along with a lot of other people. And um, we had a whole home energy audit done. And uh, with the house being, being built in 1982, obviously, uh, you know, he found lots of leaks up there. And it was uh, quite a few thousand dollars to uh, make all the repairs, which I did not at that time. Okay. Um, I'm at a position now that I want to uh, get this taken care of. And I'm actually thinking instead of spending uh, probably thousands of dollars to get this sheet metal uh, sealed up airtight up there, I was okay. thinking about having the uh, ductwork completely redone in uh, insulated uh, flex hose. And I just okay. wanted uh, your professional opinion on that. Okay, well, uh, I, it's it, it's going to be a it's going to be a split opinion, and I'm going to need to know a little bit more information. Uh, but let me just ask you two other questions. How long have you been in the house? Uh, since 1993. Okay, and in the middle of a really hateful summer like last summer, what yes. temperature do you like to keep the house in the middle of the afternoon? 73. <laughs> My kind of man. All right. And you're an APS <laughs> and you're an APS customer. Of course. And you're on time of use purchase plan. I am three to eight. Are you saver choice or saver max choice? Um, you know what? I don't remember. I think it's, I don't think it's the max. Okay. So at 73 degrees, 1400 square foot masonry home, east, west orientation. Is there a swimming pool? No. It's all electric? Yes. How many people live in the house? Two. Okay. You're consuming probably about 1,800 kilowatt a month, and I would guess your midsummer bill is running right about 215 to 230. Yes, we were on the equalizer plan, and I okay. believe uh, we we're just a hair under 200. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, well, know this. Anything you spend from this point forward, from the information they gave you on the home energy audit, and that's a very smart investment, most smart investment you can make. Any investment you make from this point forward, you're probably not going to see a very quick return on investment. So the question is, what am I willing to spend to achieve the comfort I want in my home? And if I were going to uh, patch old rigid ductwork, uh, I'd want to assess it really, really close as to how good a condition is it. Has an evap cooler ever been put on the house? Is there any rust in that old ductwork at all? If it's basically sound, I would pay to seal up the rigid as opposed to ripping it all out and replacing it with flex duct, insulated flex duct. My personal opinion, rigid duct in a well-insulated drop soffit in a well-insulated attic 
is my preference, personal preference, over insulated flex duct. We're going out to Phil in Tucson. Welcome, Phil. Uh, hello, Rosie. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I have I have a, a masonry house, and a portion of it is smooth stucco over the masonry. I'm curious about the difference between ceramic paint compared compared to regular paint for painting that surface well, that's a that's a great question and phil masonry home stucco painted very smooth stucco uh-huh uh-huh listen there there is a place for elastomeric paint but I'm willing to stake my reputation on it. It's not your stucco walls. Here's my reasoning. If, if, um, have you lived your whole life in Tucson, Phil? No, I haven't. Where are you from? Uh, first 30 years in California, second 30 years in Alaska. Okay, okay, that's all I need to know. Okay, in Alaska, cold, it hasn't started snowing yet, but it's that cold Alaska rain, and you've got your jacket on and your hood on. Have you ever had a tear in the back of that jacket where the rain just barely creeped in and got on the back of your neck? We'll pretend yes. Not a tear, but it runs down the back of your neck anyway. Okay. If you're out. okay. If I put a raincoat on my house, which is elastomeric paint, and it develops the least little bit of crack, the moisture is going to get in behind it. And as long as they're willing to try and guarantee it, I will guarantee in that amount of time, it's going to crack. It's going to crack where it joins dissimilar material. It's going to crack at outside corners. It's going to crack where it wasn't put on to manufacture specifications of four mil, which is as thick as a credit card. Okay. Once you've got that raincoat on and you have a loss of integrity anywheres, the size of a pinhole, and moisture starts getting in behind it, you, my friend, have a problem. Masonry home, smooth stucco, that, that product, that application is screaming for a 100% acrylic exterior paint. It lets your house breathe. You'll get seven to 10 to 12 years out of it, depending on the color you select and the quality of paint you apply. And it is gonna cost about one fourth as much money. So for my money, exterior acrylic paint is the right product to use. And those are just a few of my reasons. Does it make sense? 
Yes, it does, because I get that leak somewhere in it, and I get those bags of water that start eating the uh, eating the stucco. Yeah, and you and and when it's locked the moisture inside the stucco, you know where it's going, right? Oh, absolutely. It's going inside your insulation and your wall cavity and your two by four or two by six studs and your drywall and your baseboard, and it's just it's just living in there. So um, I have a lot of people in the industry trying to change my mind on this. Uh, and the only answer I can give them is check with me again in 12 years. And let me, let me take a look at it. And we'll go from there. Because we, we made, Rosie Romero made a lot of money painting homes in Desert Highlands and uh, Desert Mountain with elastomeric paint back in the 80s and the 90s. And I'm sorry to say we made a lot of money tearing all of that off and repainting it all in acrylic exterior paint. Call me old-fashioned, but that's where I stand right now. I'm a firm believer. You know, we've got a paint company that will give you a 10-year guarantee with exterior acrylic paint. Now, it's it's the top-of-the-line Sherwood Williams yes, paint. It is. You yes, can't, it is. You can't go buy right. your generic paint. That's right. That's right. You have to have them do it with their brand of paint. That's correct. That's 10 years. A lot of the elastomeric guys will guarantee it 25 years. But they cost four to five times as much money. Do the math. And measure your risks. I'll let it rest at that, okay? And a lot of that ceramic coating, you know, that was actually designed for waterproofing on dams and lighthouses. You know, it's it's not the application in residential. You know, these are structures that uh, people aren't living in. These are structures. <laughs> the moisture is, is consistently the same. You know, it, it's, it's a completely different application. They, it has its use. It's just... Right now, for residential it, home application, it's it's way too costly and, and not a what we not not a great investment for your home. Get hip to this timely tip. Get your kicks during sale sixty six. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a lot of fun. Live broadcast at Sanderson Ford, May 22nd, to celebrate their sale 66. 66 years in business. And they've got with us and said, we want to put together a special Sanderson Ford, Rosie on the House, Route 66 staycation. You need to be present to win. So mark your calendar now to be at Sanderson Ford for our broadcast Saturday morning, that Saturday morning. And it's, it is the staycation of all staycations. And I should clarify one thing. You don't need to exactly be present to win, but you, the only place to register for that model is at Sanderson Ford on that day. So if you showed up at 8 o'clock, registered, and you left at 8.30, you could still win it, but... You don't have to wait till the end of the broadcast uh, for the drawing. So, 
We've got the Arizona Wildflowers going to be there singing live entertainment. A local uh, bluegrass string. Family quartet from Casa Grande. There, we're going to be catering in some Dylan's Barbecue. Can't beat that. As far as I know. And you're going to be able to look at the Broncos, the Maquis, and all the lineup of new Ford vehicles. And we're going to have special guests. And the, the list of special guests. And I've asked them to all come with a Route 66 memory. It's going to be a fun, and do fun they have broadcast. Like- Two weeks to go create one if they don't yeah, have absolutely. one yet. <laughs> I think most of the people we've got showing up as guests are already going to have them because they're all a lot of long-time Arizona residents that you'll all know, and I know you all love. So I want you to accept this as a personal invitation. Come out to Sanderson Ford Saturday morning, May 22nd. We'll be broadcasting live. There'll be music. You have an opportunity to win an incredible Route 66 staycation where you'll be able to take a brand new Ford vehicle and stay in some of the most iconic, historic Route 66 lodging facilities ever. It's going to be, I'm really looking forward to it. So come on out, Sanderson Ford, May 22nd. Time for our weekly to-do. If you follow along in the home maintenance calendar, you can see on May 15th, we have purposeful energy spending on peak and off peak. And you can get a home maintenance calendar if you don't already have one by emailing us info at rosieonthehouse.com and letting us know where you would like us to mail the calendar and we'll get one shipped out to you for free. Our weekly to-do is designed to tackle one item around your home castle or cabin every week. So we stay on top of the maintenance of our home. And we had last hour, uh, we were talking about energy audits. Well, we're going to talk about purposeful energy spending and how to understand investing in the number one energy consuming item in your home, your air conditioning equipment. And in that on peak, you know, SEER rating is a big part of your energy consumption. And Jeff Carmichael from Rius is here to talk with us about understanding that SEER rating. A lot of air conditionings are going to break. It always happens at the beginning of every summer. Triple degrees hit. Those machines kick on. They're mechanical we spend more time caring for our vehicles and our air conditioning, but we expect our air conditioning to work forever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, when we talk about SEER rating, the easiest way to understand what a SEER rating is is when we equivalent that to miles per gallon in a vehicle, right? So it's just how much energy your air conditioning unit's going to demand when it's running. That's going to be a big part of your decision-making process when you're investing in your new equipment. And it may not even be broke. You just may have one that's so inefficient, it makes it affordable to replace it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, some of them last 20 years, right? But every single year that it is running, you're lowering the efficiency of the system. So you're technically paying more to cool your system every year that you have your air conditioning unit on your house. And right around 10 years is a good time to start thinking uh, about system replacements. And the SEER rating, the Seasonal Energy Efficient Ratio, is the cooling output over a, a cooling season divided by the kilowatt hours it used. So you can calculate you know, your estimated cost to run this machine. And you've got to compare that to on-peak, off-peak. So you can get a pretty close estimation of what your utility bill really can be. Yeah, absolutely. And so those SEER ratings, they range from a a minimum now of 14, 
all the way up to 27, 28, depending on the manufacturer. And if you compare your sear rating to miles per gallon, obviously, as you're moving up in sear rating, you're stretching your efficiency that much further. But there is a point where, depending on your home, what you'd like to keep your temperature at, you may not need more than a 20 sear. You may not need more than an 18 sear. There's going to be a point where the sear rating really outpaces the dollar value that it's worth to you and your living style. So there's not necessarily a return on investment for purchasing an air conditioning system. Um, Quality of life. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely mandatory that we have them. um, And it's it's a necessary purchase for sure. But the difference in spending said dollars on top-of-the-line, top-seer system or a 14, kind of the, the base running or the minimum that the Department of Energy recommends, not recommends anymore, mandates uh, for the desert in the southwest at that 14, um, we're going we're gonna to bench off your utility bill of what you're paying currently today. And talk about that, benchmarking your, your utility bill. Yeah, so and if you think of an, your utility bill in your home, an energy-efficient home in Arizona without a pool should be right around 10 to 12 cents a square foot, June, July, August, September months, right? So if your home is 2,000 square feet, you should be right around 200, 220 in that range um, for your utility bill uh, every month. Now, if you're in that range already, that's great. We're going to be talking 14, 15, 16 SEER air conditioning systems because there's not a whole lot you can do better than that. Um, if you're in the 300 range, then we're going to go middle of the road, maybe 16, 17 uh, in that range. And then if you're in the 400s, 500s, the return on your investment of going to a top-of-the-line, high-efficient air conditioning system is actually going to give you a return on your investment for the difference, the cost delta between that 14 and, say, an 18. And in some cases, you may not even see a cost savings if you change your lifestyle. You made the great point earlier. Somebody who's used to keeping their air conditioning at 80 to stay under their benchmark, well, with a new unit, they can drop that temperature to 76 and still be at their benchmark. Yeah, exactly right. Now, Train has put together a great article on understanding SEER ratings and calculating it for your home. We've got that link on our archive page uh, at rosieonthehouse.com. Today is May 15th broadcast. This is the 10 o'clock hour, segment number three. You'll find that link there. And, you know, these are this is important information for you to know when you are investing in that new equipment so you know, you know, you're making the right purchase for your home and you're not getting oversold or you're not, you know, getting pushed into you know, some prepackaged promotional season that somebody's pushing really hard on. Yeah. Um, again, you just want to go back to the benchmarks. And as you're collecting or gathering bids, if you will, um, you know, you're looking at a lot of different items when you're looking at an air conditioning system rather than just heating and cooling, right? So one of the things right that we're talking about right now is sear rating. But there's also different features and benefits on on airflow, comfort, indoor air quality. There's a lot of things that all these systems have that are different, um, and the the differences range from that 14 to those high 20 SEER units. So you just want to be educate as educated as you can be from the contractor providing you the bids that you understand your comfort levels, your expectations on set points of your thermostat temperature, your energy bills, and your anticipated or expected savings. 
indoor air quality, and then also noise. And Reed's Air Conditioning is a train comfort specialist as well. The train has a lot of great uh, units that have, you know, like you said, those SEER ratings from 14 all the way up to the variable speed, 20-plus SEER ratings. So there's a lot of great options there at the point you are ready to invest in your new equipment that's your weekly to-do. Make sure you're educated and prepared to make that air conditioning investment, whether it's three months from now, three years from now, I won't say 30 years from now. <laughs> Hopefully we've got a, got you upgraded into a new comfort system before then. But, Jeff, thanks for your time this Saturday. Thank you. Let's see what Mark's got on his mind this particular gorgeous Arizona Saturday morning. Okay, Mark. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for taking my call. What you up to, my friend? Um, I have two questions for you. The first one is, is uh, um, probably more straightforward. Um, I have a, uh, a home about 15 years old, and I'm looking to uh, make my garage less of a dumping ground and more of a workshop. Yeah. <laughs> so what I, the only problem is, like a lot of the homes, I, have, I only have three outlets in my entire garage. One on the ceiling for the uh, garage door opener, one on the back wall that face, that's uh, up against the, the interior of the house, and one on a sidewall that's by the uh, where you would plug in a water softener by the water heater. Okay. And they're all on the same. I, I think I, I think they're all on the same circuit. So uh, I have a, a, a you know woeful lack of power in my garage. So what would be good options for me to get more power in, in into the garage without? I mean, I guess because it's already you know the home's already there. It's Instead of tearing everything apart, like, <laughs> well, how can I do it easier? Well, um, many times on the home, and depending on the floor plan, the electric panel, if you're lucky, is mounted on the outside wall of your garage. Is the electric panel? Yes. It's, hey, it's literally baby. right outside of the garage up against one of the walls. It's, it's the wall opposite the side of the room Perfect. where I want to have the workbench, but it is right there. And you got you have a little attic? Yes, yes, I oh. have, uh, you know, the uh, the empty space in the uh, above the, yeah, then, absolutely. Then all you need to do is go outside, open the door to the electric panel, and you're going to see a punch-out screen, uh, and you just need to look at that, and is every single one of those breaker punch-outs punched out and filled with a breaker? No, no, oh, I have tons of space. You got tons of space. Well, then you, this is going to be pretty easy probably to add a nice, 20 amp circuit to get in there for your charging stations and your power tools and whatever else you want to put in so electrically you'll need a permit to do it but it's going to be an easy thing you'll just conduit out of the top of that service section uh uh put an elbow into the attic go across the attic feed it back down in the wall plop in the receptacles you need you'll be in great shape so electrically this isn't going to be a challenge at all Okay. All right. That's great to hear. And then as far as on the interior of the garage, um, would it, uh, would it make more sense for me to have, I guess, like conduit and boxes just mounted to the wall? A couple options. Uh, that kind of run across, you know, about, I don't know, as high as my workbench and just run across the length of the wall. And then I can just have a, a bunch of plugs or yeah, you can do you can do one of those runner troughs a lot right at the top the countertop height, you know, with a series of ten or twelve or fifteen 
110 receptacles plugged in. It's exactly what I have at, at one of my properties that I use as a little shop too. Uh, but you can do all that. Um, and, I'll, and, and then I'll tell you the one question you haven't asked, how do you finish it? I tell you what, every garage ought to have a wainscot of diamond plate steel wainscoting. And, uh, and then at the point that ever needs to be cleaned out, then you just hose it out. Let that let that diamond plate go all the way down. It gives you a very finished NASCAR type shop look. It's crisp. It's clean. It's easy to keep clean. I'm in the process of starting that at at my house right now, and I love it. it looks great. As I was walking down the street one day, we're getting really close to the time of returning to normalcy, and another another big indication of that is Saba down in Tucson, Southern Arizona Home Builder Association, is going to have a live home show in the Tucson Conference Center this May weekend, 21st, 22nd, 23rd. They canceled the spring 2020 due to COVID. They did a virtual video in the fall of 2020, but they're going back live. And we were talking about air conditioning rooming. Listen to this. At TCC, they've now incorporated something called Venue Shield, which is a comprehensive, best-in-class effort to protect the safety and well-being of the staff, clients, and guests as they return to live attendance in the conference center. It includes uh, new building ventilation. They've replaced all the air filter system enhanced filters with new uh, technology to introduce outside air. So the Tucson Convention Conference Center has updated all their mechanical system in an ongoing attempt. There's there's a positive of the COVID chaos. This is going to pay dividends for the Tucson Conference Center forever. It's going to be cleaner, healthier indoor air forever. So Saba is going to do the Southern Arizona Home Show, Friday, May 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Tickets are $8. Seniors, 65-plus, military, and frontline workers are half price. Children under 12 are free. Discount coupons are available at SabaHomeShow.com. Parking's free in the new garage on the east side and lots surrounding the Tucson Conference Center. So hallelujah, baby. Does anybody know what time it is? It's time to get back to normal, and Saba is going to lead the way. For those of you in Pinal, <laughs> Pima, Santa Cruz, Cochise County, get to the Saba Home Show May 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. Oh, we're missing a detail here. What did I miss? Are the tri-tips going to be there? Good point. Um, Very good point. Well, you, you yeah. can't. It, it can't be back to normal if I can't buy a... A whole tri-tip. Well, to celebrate the return of the in-person show, live music will be outside by the food trucks from 3 to 6 p.m. Okay. All right. Food trucks. So. Okay. Got a choice. Tri-tip's better. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see how we can help Michelle. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Rosie. (laughs) Got a topic a little off 
your subject that we're just okay. going crazy down here. Okay. We've had ducks in our pool for the last three weeks. And I thought maybe you or Romy or one of your contractors would have some options and I or ideas on how to handle them. I know Rosie might think of a D- one option. Ducks. <laughs> they're, Gumbo. They're messy. They're horrible. <laughs> yeah, they, they can... They can be a real mess, that's for sure. That's very peculiar for a duck to come back again and again and again. You can actually train a duck uh, to, oh, to, nest, oh no. to nest and to feed in the same place. Um, there's something there that's, that's drawing them there, and it isn't the swimming pool water. There's something that's drawing them there. But pretty soon they're going to migrate north. <laughs> And with the I weather, so. and, and with the weather so. turning, we may be able to say adios to your to your neighborhood ducks. But uh, I would I would dip, I would go to noise would be my first my first defense. They are creatures of habit. They will do the same thing over and over again. So break them in the habit as quick as you can. I just want to bring everybody's attention to this time of year. We are facing probably the worst fire season conditions that we've ever seen in my lifetime of being in Arizona since 1965. Please pay attention to everything you're doing out there on the road. If you're trailering, make sure those chains are up off the asphalt. If you throw a cigarette out the window in Arizona, I'm going to hunt you down and I'm going to stuff it up your nose. Please be careful. Apache Sitgraves National Forest has already put fire bans in. Arizona. Look, we burned a million acres last summer. And one of those, if you drive up to Payson and you notice all the burn. The bush fire. Um, no, that was a vehicle fire that started that. It was. 90% of the one million acres burned was due to human causation. That kind of ruffles my feathers. But listen, if you're out there and enjoying the Arizona, which we want you to do as an Arizona homeowner, you could possibly see some baby wildlife. Do not handle them. Do not pick them up. Do not, quote unquote, rescue them. Okay? If you're out there walking and you're enjoying a beautiful hike through some part of Arizona and you see a calf a foal, a cub, leave them alone. Please leave them alone. And you should already know this. You know, There's a lot you should already know. Especially <laughs> a bear cub, because if you see one, mama bear's close. Well, and, and if you see any baby wildlife, the chances that mama's very, very close is very, very, very high. And she doesn't want you messing with her chillings. So leave them be.